Hey guys, welcome to United, and uh, my name is Ryan, I'm the student pastor, and uh, we're excited about having two services, and if you're new here, the reason why we're doing that is because we've outgrown being able to be here all at one time, Um, and so we are given two opportunities every Sunday um, for most of this semester, for the next two months until Epworth, for us to to come together twice every Sunday so that more and more people can be invited, so that people aren't having to sit on the floor and sit on the stairs, and so that we can uh, have more opportunities to allow people in and point them to Jesus. And um, and we're starting a new series tonight called Better Together. Somebody turn, uh, everybody turn to your neighbor and say, we're better together. <laughs> turn to your other neighbor and tell them, we're better together too. <laughs> All right. So... There's some things that are just better together, and, and when I think about things that are better together, my mind immediately goes to food. Anybody else love food? Yeah. I, know like, I know like we survive off of food, and we need food, but then there's like, it's like we need food, but then there's like the love for food, and I have a love for food. Most of my time that I have nothing to think about, I'm just kind of thinking about the next time uh, I'll go to Chick-fil-A, or the next time I'll drink sweet tea, or the next time I'll have uh, barbecue or pizza or something like that. I'm just thinking about like that next meal, and it's kind of like a... It's a problem, but, um, you know, I, I just love food. And, and so when I think about better together, I start thinking about, well, what food items are better together? And you, you saw in the graphic, there's a, there's a bunch of pieces, and they come together to make a what? A sandwich, right, a sandwich. And, and a sandwich, like all the stuff on its own, it's like, okay. Like, I mean, I can eat, like, deli meat by itself, I guess. I can eat cheese by itself. Bread, definitely, I can eat by itself. But, like, when you put everything together, and you got, like, the, the vegetables, and, like, like, my favorite sandwich in the whole world. It's a ham jam from, from Angie Subs. And so it's got like pulled pork, and it's got ham, it's got lettuce, it's got the hot Peruvian, it's got some uh, little Frito things on it. They put it together in a, uh, in a wheat roll or a wheat uh, sub, and then you bake it, and then it comes out, and it's kind of steaming and hot, and then you, you dip it in the regular Peruvian sauce, and then you drink the sweet tea, and it's just, all these things are just better together. They're just better together. And another thing um, in food, and I don't really like this food, but I can see how it's better together, is like s'mores. You know, like nobody really eats graham crackers that much. It's like, eh, whatever. And, uh, and I mean, most people, unless you're really, really weird, aren't like walking around with a bag of like uh, marshmallows, just like, like popping them in your mouth and just eating them, like whatever. But like people love s'mores. And why? Because they take the, the, the marshmallow and they melt it I get it warm, or, or I hate when people burn it. Anybody like burnt marshmallows? That's disgusting. It tastes like you're eating, like, a cigar or something, um, but, like, or eating fire. And so, like, uh, so I just like it with a little bit of a crisp on it and then soft on the inside, and then, you know, it kind of makes the chocolate just a little bit gooey, but not fully, like, melted. And then you got the, the graham crackers. They, they provide a little bit of a crunch, and when you put it all together, it's better together. And there's a lot of things that we, we know go together, like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich that's right um maybe chips and are y'all american it's chips and salsa come on chips and salsa but quesos actually i prefer queso but chips and salsa chips and dip chips and guac whatever like chips and something like really chips chips don't matter chips are just the thing that gets the dip into your mouth right like that's what they are they're like they're like a spoon that you eat and so there are some things that are just better together. And my favorite thing that is better together is not really a thing, but it's kind of like two food items. It's sweet and salty. Sweet and sour. Come on. We're not talking about like Sour Patch Kids. We're talking about sweet and salty. Sweet and salty. Here's why sweet and salty is so great. Like I love, and you guys know my, 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 my love affair with Chick-fil-A, but, but even just aside from Chick-fil-A, like I love salty french fries that are hot. I dip them into a sweet barbecue sauce. Or a sweet Chick-fil-A sauce. Whew. 
And then I take the ice-cold sweet tea. And the salty with the sweet is just incredible. Or if you're like into movies, you know, you go there and you eat the salty, buttery popcorn. And then you got like a Sprite or a Coke or whatever your soft drink is. And it is sweet. You got this saltiness and this sweetness. They just, they go better together. And, and, and uh, now that you guys are all just like, I got to leave. I got to go somewhere and eat. Um, let, me, let me preach and try to focus you back on, on God. But we are better <clears throat> together. People are better together than Alone. People are better together than alone. The, the title of this sermon is Don't Go Alone. Don't Go Alone. And this series is all about what community is, why do we need community, and what effect does community have on us. And community, very simply, is this community is people living life together. People living life together. Community is people living life together. Together And community can be based around a lot of things. We hear community, and a lot of times we think about, like, what community do you live in? What, what, what neighborhood do you live in? But community is not really geographic. It's not a where. It's a, it's a who. And it's a people together around something. And, and there are good communities. There are bad communities. There are communities centered around, uh, like, the team that you love or, or the sport that you love. There's community uh, centered around games or video games or movies or, or whatever. There's communities uh, that are gathered around your race or your nationality, uh, your culture, your background. Obviously, there's communities gathered around what faith that you have and what religion uh, maybe, maybe you are a part of. Um, there's communities around like every different thing. But the reality is we, we really need community. One of our core needs as human beings is relationships and love and a sense of belonging. Everyone needs this. Even if you're someone that's like, I'm a little bit shy and that kind of thing. Like, we all desire relationships. We all desire love. We all desire to belong somewhere. There's, there's probably... Um, Probably all of you have heard this of this at some point, but you probably didn't pay attention because it's school and it's boring. But there's this thing called Maslow's Hierarchy of Need. And, and I think I have it right here. Yeah, so you've learned this. I promise you, you've learned this in like sociology or health or something like that. And these are the things that human beings need. Not, not certain races or certain nationalities or certain age groups. Like all humans throughout history need these things. And the base of it is physiological. That means physical. It's, it's your it's your need for food and sleep and water and air. These are the things you cannot live without. The next thing is safety, your need for safety and shelter and stability. But the very next one that our lives are built upon is social, the need for love, belonging, inclusion. This is our need for community. And literally, if we don't get this, we will suffer even physically. Like you can get sick if you don't have these things, if you don't have these things, you can get sick physically. It can lead you into addiction. It can lead you into a place where, where you're depressed or where you, you, your self-esteem is so low, you feel like nobody cares about you. It guides people to do things that are really horrible to themselves uh, because it is a need that we have. And when you don't have it, you suffer. And, and babies, if, if babies don't get this, they can, they can die or they can severely limit their growth physically because they are not being touched and loved, and they are not having that sense of inclusion with other people. We actually need to belong. We actually need community. And why is that? It's because God created us for community. God created us for community. And we see it from the very beginning. If you have a Bible, um, you can open up to Genesis chapter 2. If you don't know about your Bible, it's literally like page 4 or something like that. Genesis chapter 2. Starting in verse 18, if you don't have it, we'll put it up on the screen. God has created this guy. His name is Adam. 
Adam's sitting there, and uh, this is what God says. It is not good for man to be alone. So God said, like, let there be light. That's good. Animals, that's good. Water, that's good. The planets, that's good. All these things are good, but he said it's not good for man to be alone. So he says, I will make a helper suitable for him. Now God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky. He brought them to the man, Adam, to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. So the man gave names to all the livestock and the birds in the sky and to the wild animals. But, but, for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So he's like, he's like living like in a zoo and like he has these animals, he like cuddles with them and like goes to sleep with them and it's great. Like he like, it's like Dr. Doolittle or something. Like he's like talking to animals and he's like naming them. And do you even know what Dr. Doolittle is? Okay, it's, maybe I'm too old for y'all. Um, uh, Dr. Doolittle is like this guy that talks to animals. Anyway, Adam's like talking to animals. He's got this awesome life and like has like this superpower. He's just like, oh yeah, I get to hang out with animals. They don't hurt me. It's great. I name them. We love each other. But, but God doesn't find a suitable helper among the animals. God says, you need something more. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then he closed up the place with flesh. And the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. See, at the very beginning, God said, it's not good for a human being to be alone. The human being needs someone else. He needs relationships. And then it would continue, because if you go to the New Testament, God God comes in the form of a baby, and we celebrate it at Christmas. His name is Jesus. And, and he grows and he becomes a man and, uh, and he begins his ministry at the age of 30. And the first thing he does is he goes and he gathers a community. And he goes, he says, hey, Matthew, come on, follow me. John, James, Bartholomew, all you guys, Judas, I know you're going to kill me one day, but I want you to follow me too. All of y'all, y'all all follow me. We're going to go and live life together. And Jesus, God himself, shows us how important community is. He says, hey, we need each other. And so they lived together, and they traveled together, and they ate, and they slept together, they worked together, they did everything together. They laughed, they cried, they saw amazing things happen, they saw terrible things happen, and they lived this life together. And Jesus shows us how important community is because even Jesus lived in community. Even Jesus needed community. And so God created us for community. But why? Why does community help us? What is the point of community? Why is this important for every single human being on the face of the earth? A couple reasons. One is this. When we are together, we are stronger. When we are together, we are stronger. It's pretty simple. When we are together, we are stronger. Teams that play together in sports are stronger than teams that play as individuals. Staffs and families that work together towards a common goal a team that works together towards a common goal, they are stronger than they are as individuals. The book of uh, 1 Corinthians talks about this a little bit. And, and the writer is talking about, um, yes, he's talking about the church, he's talking about the body of Christ, but th- what, what he's saying really applies, <coughs> really applies to all people. We're going to go to 1 Corinthians 12, starting in verse 12. Chapter 12, verse 12. Here's what he says. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, so no matter who you are, where you're from, 
We form one body. We are given one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. So he's going to use this example of a body, a physical body, to tell us about how people are stronger together. And he continues in verse 15. Now, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, an ear can't talk, but if the ear should say, because I am an eye, I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If all were one part, or if they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, these parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. Here's, here's what he's saying. He's saying, like, how ridiculous would it be for a finger to say, man, I want to see. Well, a finger can't see. A finger grabs. A finger touches. And guess what? An eye cannot do. An eye can see, but an eye can't grasp. An eye can't touch. An eye can't feel. He says the body can't just do, like even each body part can't just do what they want to do. They each have a role. They each need to do what they were made to do. But if they work together, they will be better together. He says, how ridiculous would it be if there was just a body and it was just like all fingers. There's like fingers everywhere. And, and like it wouldn't know where to go and it couldn't hear and it couldn't see. But it's just like this like finger ball and it's just going around like rolling around and just touching everything. But it's got no idea where it's going. It's rolling into fires and rolling into people. And it's just craziness. It's chaos because the body needs all the parts of itself working out together. Well, what he's saying here is when we're together, we are stronger. When we work together, we are stronger. And yes, again, he's talking about Jesus' followers, but it really applies to all of us. We each have a role to play. We cannot do life alone. We can't do life alone. We each have strengths and weaknesses. And when you're in a group of people and you have a weakness, guess what? One of them might have a strength that can help with your weakness. And maybe someone else has a weakness and you have a strength that you can help them. See, this is how people were designed to be. We were designed to be in this community where we work together, where we join together, where we do things together. And when we do those, we are more powerful. We are better together. And by the same token, kind of on the opposite side of things, when we are alone, when we are alone, we are weaker. When we are alone, we are weaker. There's this guy in the Bible um, that many of you have heard of before. His name is David. And David was the king. David is the guy that threw a rock at Goliath, the giant. He kills him. He cuts his head off. He carries it to the king. He, he ends up becoming this great general soldier. And eventually he becomes the king of Israel. And he's good looking. And he's got friends. And he's got power. And he's got prestige. And everywhere he goes, people are like, oh my gosh, David, you're amazing. Like people like take selfies with him. Like they're obsessed with David. Like David is like the guy in Israel. And David, David at this, at this certain point, once he's become like this big deal, one, one year, the Bible says, he did not go where kings were supposed to go. At that time, kings were supposed to lead the armies into battle. And it says that this one year, uh, David decided he, he was going to do things alone. He wasn't going to go with his homeboys to fight like he was supposed to. He was going to stay over here and just do things on his own. And so they go off into battle, and he just stays home. 
And he just lives life on his own. And he goes up to his palace, to the roof of his palace. And from here, he could see the entire city. You can see in people's windows and on their rooftops. And, and, and at this time, like rooftops were like a place where people would live. They'd be flat roofs and there would be like stuff up there. And so he sees this, this woman and she's bathing. And she's not in a jacuzzi and a bikini. She's naked, like taking a shower. And he sees her and he wants to be with her. And so he calls his, 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 uh, his, his servant and he goes, come here, come here, come here. You see that girl? I want you to go get that girl for me. And he goes, but he's like, uh, well, King David, you know, that's, uh, that's the, the wife of Uriah, the soldier, who's, who's, who's fighting for you right now. He's kind of trying to like, be like, come on, David, like, really? And he's like, yeah, yeah, go get him. Go, go get her. So she comes over. They play Monopoly. They have a, have a nice time together. They talk about how awesome her husband is. They just, they become friends. And they really just, he counsels her and really helps her family be stronger. No, that's not what happens. He saw her naked, he liked it, he's the king, and so he says, come on, we're going to sleep together. And so they have sex, and guess what happens when they have sex? She gets pregnant. That's kind of what happens when you have sex, just so you know. So she gets pregnant, and she, uh, she, 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 she's like, what do I do? And the king's like, what do I do? And he's like, all right, I got this plan. I'm going to go get your husband. He's going to come home. And I'm going to trick him. I'm going to get him to sleep with you so he thinks it's his baby. They didn't have, like, DNA tests back then, so, like, nobody would have known. And he brings him home. And uh, he's like, all right, go, go hang out with your wife. And he's like, no, I'm not going to do that. Everybody else is out fighting. I'm just going to sleep outside. And then he's like, crap, this guy's, this guy's actually got character. What am, I, what am I supposed to do? So then he gets him drunk. He gets him drunk. And he's like, all right, go home, enjoy your wife. And he's like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. Everybody else is out fighting, and I'm here with the king. I'm not going to enjoy my wife when they're out in the battlefield. So he stays and sleeps outside again. So finally David's like, I don't know what to do with this guy. So he sends a letter with the guy. And in the letter it says, send Uriah out to the front lines and let him get killed so that I don't have to deal with him. And he does it. And effectively he murders Uriah. So all of a sudden the king, this great guy, is an adulterer, He's got a, a baby by a woman that is not his wife, and he's killed somebody. And why did this happen? Well, ultimately it happened because he wanted it to happen, but when it really goes back to the very beginning, he wasn't where he was supposed to be. He was alone. He wasn't together with everybody else. He was alone by himself. And by himself, he had no one to say, David, 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 come on, you can't do this. He didn't want to involve anybody else. Because, you know, like when you, when you want to do something bad, when you don't want to do something you, you know that's right, that isn't right, what do you do? You hide it. You close the door. You do it quietly. You don't tell anybody. You try to do it on your own because you don't want anyone to know. Why? Because ultimately we know we're weaker when we're alone. We can get away with what we want when we're alone because nobody will say anything because they don't know. And so he hides it. And... He tries to, to, to act like nothing happened, but he couldn't run from the truth. And ultimately, the problem was he wasn't with the group he was supposed to be with. He was alone, and he was vulnerable, and he was weak. And his son, Solomon, who would also be king, wrote this, this, this amazing uh, book called Ecclesiastes, where he, he talks about wisdom and about the world and about life and about just all this different stuff. And so his son, years later, would write this, this book called Ecclesiastes. And in chapter 4... Verses 9 through 12, he talks about community. He talks about the power of being with people and the weakness of being alone. Here's what he says. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. So, like, 
if they each work together, they will get more done than if they were to work separate. And if either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, listen to this, though one may be weak, though one may give in to temptation, though one may give in to lust like his father did, though one may, may go in a direction that they want to go in because that's what they want to do and they don't want anyone else to know, though one may be overpowered, <coughs> two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Here's what I know about you, because I know about me. I know it about all people. We make most of our worst decisions alone. When we want to do something wrong, and definitely there are some people, uh, and there's some situations where community can lead us into the wrong place, and we're going to talk about that later, but a lot of times we make our worst decisions alone. We decide we're going to do something ahead of time that is wrong, and we make that decision, and we don't tell anybody because we don't want them to know. Because we want to hide it. Because we want to do what we want to do when we want to do it. Because ultimately, we're all very selfish. And so we try to hide. We close the door. We do it at night. We do it in the dark. We do it quietly so that nobody can stop us. And we don't want anybody's input. And we just want to do what we want to do. And the truth is we need community. Because because sometimes we need someone to hold us back. You ever, you ever seen like somebody like, Especially guys, like, and they're trying to act like they're bad and they're going to get in a fight. Like, hold me back, man. Hold me back. Hold me back. And they're like, you're, you're, like, you're like not even walking anywhere. You're kind of doing this and trying to like get, I'm not even holding you back. You're just not going anywhere. It's like, hold me back, hold me back. And the truth is we need some people to hold us back in life from doing something stupid. We need some people that are in our lives to say, man, man, don't go there. Don't say that. Don't make that decision. Don't put that in your body. Don't get into that relationship. I'm holding you back. But also, we need some people to push us into some things. Man, you you need to go have that conversation. You need to go forgive that person. You need to go get involved in church. You need to go get a job. You need to go do your homework. You need to go do something. And they push us into some things. And we need that in our lives because when we are alone, we are weaker. And both of those lead to this last thing. We aren't meant to follow Jesus alone. We aren't meant to follow Jesus alone. We are better together. I want us to all read this together. One, two, three. We aren't meant to follow Jesus alone. We are better together. We are better Together, when Jesus was about to leave, he decided, he, he told the disciples about this thing he wanted to start. And essentially, it was the church. It was the movement of the people of God. And he says, man, I'm, I want you guys to go together. Why did he tell them this? Because he knew they would get into some difficult situations, some tough spots. And that if they didn't have each other, they would be in trouble that they needed to go places together. They needed to do things together. They needed to encourage each other and support each other. That They needed to hold each other back. That they needed each other or they would give up because they were going to get made fun of and they were going to get persecuted and they were going to have to give some things up. And if they were on their own, they would just be like, man, I give up. I'm, I'm done with this. So he said, you have to do this together. The best way that we have figured out at Beach Students to have community 
and to follow Jesus together is through life groups. And I know many of you are in life groups or you've at least heard of a life group, but a life group is a group of people that, that, that are your age and your gender that you live life with. It's pretty, pretty simple. We didn't invent it. We didn't make it up. But the truth is, life groups are the best way that we figured out to live in community together, to live into community together. And I know a lot of you come in and you come to United, and United is great. Man, I love United. It's like my favorite time of the week. And we worship together and we experience God together. But the truth is we can only get so much community in a room full of people for an hour and a half on a Sunday night. See, we need relationships. And relationships don't come from looking at the back of somebody's head. Relationships come from time spent together, time talking to each other. And life groups makes United better. United makes life groups better. Life groups is the chance for you to talk about what we talked about on Sunday night. Life groups is the chance for you to talk about what's going on in your life, to talk about what's going on at your family, to talk about what's going on in your temptations, to talk about your quiet times, to talk about Jesus, to talk about what God is calling you to do. That is what life groups is for. It's not a magic thing. It's not like we do some like magic thing. It's just we put people together and we intentionally get into relationships with people that are in the same stage of life as you. And, and, and we're not all best friends because it's not a friend group. It's a life group. We are meant to live life together and our community is built around one person and that is Jesus. And, and life groups are for all people. They're for people that are, that are Christians. They're for people that aren't sure what they believe. They're people that, that, are, that are new. But we want life groups to be a place where we are intentional about being in community. And, and in every life group, we have two leaders. And these leaders don't get paid and they don't get famous, but they spend a ton of time. Why? Just so that they can be in your life. And you may be here for the first time. You don't even know that there's leaders, but there are leaders for you. There are leaders that want to be in relationships with you. And guess what? They've been through stuff. They've been through life. And they want to take what they've learned and give it to you. They want to help you live a better life. They want to help you be stronger than you would be on your own. And so they come and they serve together. But it's not just about the leaders. It's about the the students. We need to meet together. We need to encourage each other to keep on fighting. We need to encourage each other to keep on praying. We need to pray for each other. We need to spend time serving together. We need to talk about our relationships and about family and about school and about work. We need to spend time together and grow together. This is what community does in our lives because we are stronger together. We are weaker alone. Man, I won't give you a specific story, but I'll just tell you life groups have had such an impact on me. It had such an impact on my life. In high school, in my junior year, in this room, I remember we were sitting right over by this little like wall where Christian is. I was sitting right there and we met our first, our life group leader's name was Big G and we were sitting together and he told us his testimony, he started crying and we were like, this guy's weird. But over the next few years, he would impact our lives in such an amazing way. And we would impact each other's lives. And then I went to college and I had these three guys that every single Friday morning, we get together, we have a Bible study and we talk about life. And there were some things that we held each other back from. And there were some things we pushed each other towards. And we weren't holy. We weren't perfect. We weren't sitting around singing Kumbaya and doing worship time together. Like, we, like mostly we would just tell perverted jokes and then read the Bible together and then go eat Chick-fil-A. But we got in a community and we made each other better. And we, like, we, we, we supported each other. We knew each other was there for, for the other person. We would tell each other the truth even when we didn't want to hear it. 
We'd say, man, you got to fix that. you got to deal with that. Man, man, you need to go in this direction, not this direction. We would do that together. And life groups had such an impact on my life. And I know I've done a bad job over the past few years at talking about life groups from this stage. And we've got to get involved in community. And so there are a lot of you in this room that, that, that maybe you've been to life groups once or twice, but you rarely go. There are a lot of you in this room that are new and you're like, I don't really know about the whole life groups thing. And what I want to encourage you to do is join a life group. It's a pretty simple action step tonight. We have a, we, we have a, um, a, a, a link and you can just put in your information. It's tiny.cc. It's going to come up here in a second. Tiny.cc forward slash beach LG, all lowercase, forward slash beach LG. You're going to go there on your phone. If you're not in a life group, all you're going to put in is your name, your grade, your gender, and, um, and you're just going to press submit. And sometime this week, you will have a life group leader send you a text or send you an email and say, hey, we'd love for you to come out on Wednesday. They'll know your name. They know who you are. And we have life groups every Wednesday. And I know that life happens. You can't come every time. But over time, when you come and when you're a part of it, you will get to know other people. You will be in community. You will be in relationship. And you will realize that you need other people. You need to grow with other people to grow closer to Jesus. And man, if you are in a life group and you haven't been recently, what I want to encourage you to do is you need to be involved. You need to make it a priority. Do your homework another day or do your homework earlier in the afternoon or do your homework at night. Make a priority so that you can be at life groups. Do what you need to do to get at life groups. Take off of work. Do whatever needs to happen because if you do that, you will be better together with other people. You will learn what it means to follow Jesus with other people. You will get strong where you are weak and you will help others be strong where they are weak. It's a pretty simple action step tonight. Be involved in life group. Sign up for a life group. And so that, if that's you, just pull out your phone right now and start signing up for it. It'll take one minute. It's very quick. And then we'll, we'll contact you this week and tell you everything you need to know. Here's what we're going to do. I'm just going to pray over you. And um, band's going to come back up. We're going to close in worship. And, and during this time, I just want to encourage you to really pray uh, about you being involved in community pray over your life group right now. Maybe you want to pray with your leader or pray with, with someone in your group. Maybe, uh, maybe you just need to come and pray by yourself. But whatever you need to do, I, I just want you to pray that you would be involved in community that helps you move closer to Jesus. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you for loving us. We pray over each person in this room that they would be involved in relationships, involved in community, so that they can grow closer to you so that they can have some other people show them the direction they need to go. Lord, we can't do life alone. You did not make us to live life alone. You made us to live life in community. Help us take an intentional step to living life in community. Help us take an intentional step to being better together. Show us some leaders and some friends that will help point us to Jesus, that will help hold us back when we need to be held back or push us forward when we need to be pushed forward. Lord, I pray we won't try to live this life alone, that we know there's people out there that love us, that are for us. Lord, I pray for the people right now that aren't in a life group. I pray that they would sign up and get involved. We love you, Lord. We thank you for loving us. In your name we pray. Amen. Once you guys stand together, we're going to close in worship.